How you guys doing? Just want to check in with you real quick and tell you how you can come support the show. So, you yes. guys, so this is, uh, oh, what is this? This is uh, this is called Frankenskies. Frankenskies. If you guys don't know about Frankenskies, that's a good movie. You how do you not know about Frankenskies? But if you haven't seen it yet, if you, haven't seen you it yet, absolutely must. must. Absolute must watch. And so we got a little deal for you guys. So we do have our little Patreon channel that we are building up. You know, we're starting to put some premium exclusive content, not just the Clown Towns, but exclusive Patreon content up there that's just great. Um, all three of us checking in with you uh, on the bonus land, but... Uh, if you guys, anybody that signs up for the new, uh, a new Patreon subscription at any level, uh, we will send you a copy of the DVD here with a little personalized note from the crew here. So. And I would say if you're an old Patreon subscriber, yeah, we'll, we'll send us you your up. email. Yes. We'll send we'll, you yeah, a yeah, copy it, as well. Any of our Patreon subscribers. Totally. That's a good 100%. point. That's, yeah. So if you're, if you're a current Patreon subscriber or a new Patreon subscriber, you send us a message in Patreon uh, with an address that we can send it to you and then we'll get you fixed up with a copy of Frankenskies by our friend Matt Landman and a little personalized note. So appreciate you guys. Also, uh, another, with love. Yeah, with love, with love. With love. Another great way to support the show, along with your health, is uh, with a TRS. So TRS is a odorless, tasteless zeolite spray that eliminates heavy metals out of your system. Um, we had some people asking today about uh, the graphene oxide thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll repost it in our Telegram. But there's a study talking about how zeolite eliminates graphene oxide, you know, vaccine injuries, stuff like that. It works well for, like, ch- childhood vaccine injuries. Um, an amazing product, you know, if you've if you got any sort of brain fog going on, which yeah. a lot of times – you don't even realize that you have it until you start yeah. doing like a TRS so, detox. Yeah. And the, by the time, like I was a couple months in, I'm like, holy shit, dude, I'm on point. Like with this stuff. Yep, so yep, I still lose my words every now and then, but much man, sharper, not, much sharper, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's great. So tr- if you go to truthtrs.com, you can learn more about that or follow them on Instagram at truth TRS. And, uh, yeah. So let's see what else we got. Whoa. Cody. Cody. Cody, Cody, Cody's crystals on Instagram. He's uh, he's got the coolest gems and crystals in the business. He had some really beautiful, amazing. I just I yeah. think it was the other day or yesterday. He has wands. Yeah, little did wands. You, did you yes, see those? I did see the wands. Those yes. are so cool. Yes, yes. So if you guys want to check it out, go to at c o d y s underscore crystals at Cody's crystals on if Instagram. You want to like play Harry Potter? You're gonna need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Yep, well, I was thinking they look magical like Christmas. I don't know. Christmas-y, I, just, yeah, I thought they kind of. I guess maybe wands aren't. I just thought because it was like I don't know. I didn't yeah. see it. I was. I've just been watching Harry Potter, so I was oh, picturing. God. I have. I have my little boy's like such a raw county. He likes all those really cool things. So when I saw the wandy things with the stars, I was like, Perfect. Oh, that's a yes on those. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. So much of his stuff, though, he has some really. It's really amazing cool stuff. stuff, you guys. So go check it out at Cody's Crystals at C O D Y S underscore Crystals on Instagram. Um, and then of course Modern Retro Radio. Adis. Shout out to Adis as our good friend. He runs a twenty four hour uh, online streaming radio station called modern retro radio which is new songs from classic artists yes yeah, so check fantastic. that out at modernretroradio.com modernretrofm.com or on the tune in app um he's a you know friend of the show you know he supports we, we really enjoy him he's uh, such a cool yeah, human yeah 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 i love big love person. shout out to adis and yeah. i just love what he's doing over there he's got a really cool thing going so you guys go go support him um let's see what else so like share and subscribe you guys uh like five star reviews but also check out this this great shirt this great shirt Look at what well, we're doing. This is, this is an exclusive. This is exclusive. Okay. That's well, not we're, for sale yet. We're moving in that direction. direction. This is a preview of what, what's if, to come. If somebody writes us and they're like, hey, that that she was wearing, okay. I want it. We'll, okay. We can hook yes, them up. But, but we we're going to streamline it soon. Yes, exactly. We're not streamlining we got, it. we got a new line of embroidered shirts coming soon. But for right now, you know, we can get the first generation yep. Truzilla t-shirts. At all of our cool logos. Yes, all exactly. of the scenes. Truzilla.org forward slash shirts. You got the, the tr- standard Truthzilla podcast logo. We got the Fauci gave us all AIDS shirt. You know, you got all that good stuff. So, crisis actor. Crisis actor. I you love You cannot the inject actor. health. You cannot inject health. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so go to truthzilla.org forward slash shirts to check out all that. And yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Truthzilla. I am Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. Our guest tonight is Jason Bassler, the founder of Policing the Police and co-founder of the Free Thought Project who rose to prominence, reaching tens of millions of people per week before getting deplatformed and censored during the great purge of 2018. He has never stopped speaking the truth and we are so grateful to have him here with us tonight. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You guys have been having a bunch of great guests, so it's a pleasure to be here. I mean, the so pleasure is all pleasure ours. To have you. Totally. I mean, you <laughs> reached out to us, you know what I mean? And I was like, wait a minute, from the Free Thought Project? What's going on here? Like, I've shared, like, 
I can't even count countless amounts of your memes and 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 your guys's work. You're you're just very much prolific in in the movement, and so you know this really is an honor for us too. Man, thank um, you, brother. So I guess for our listeners that may not be familiar, let's maybe just start. Um, give us a little bit of background about your history, uh, what brought you into the movement, and uh, just the story because like I feel like the rise. And uh, and then the fall is like well I don't want I don't want to characterize it as the fall but like the rise <laughs> and just like the brutal attack that this establishment has sure. waged against you is very emblematic of exactly the whole thing that we're dealing with right now so right yeah yeah very true yeah well uh, yeah to start my origin story um, I guess I probably have to start in my beginning where I grew up I grew up in the Bay Area uh, of California you know mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I, I kind of was uh, slanted from the start. You know, I was surrounded by liberals and the left and not to say they have, you know, 100 percent completely bad ideas, but uh, it kind of skewed things. Let's just put it that way. Um, so, yeah, as I was growing up, I was involved with local activism. Um, as I got a little bit older, I started working for nonprofits, um, trying to do uh, different type of work with, for the environment and whatnot. Um, but around my 30th birthday, uh, the Occupy Wall Street protests started happening. And at that point, it was kind of a wake up call for me because I realized that, hey, all of a sudden I have the power of the internet in my hands. I have this iPad in front of me. iPad just came out, by the way. Why do I not know what's going on? I know people are protesting. I know people are upset. I personally need to invest into this and try to understand what the fuck is going on, Mm -hmm. because obviously there's something going on here. Everybody knows there's something wrong in society. You know, everybody kind of has that spidey sense, that tingle of like something's wrong. I just don't know exactly what it is. So I think it was that point in time when I just decided to take it upon myself to try to do as much research as I could. And uh, yeah, that started off a pretty wild journey for me. Um, within a couple of years, uh, I had started a few Facebook pages, Tumblr accounts um, around that same time. Uh, I started kind of skewing away from the Occupy Wall Street movement and found Ron Paul. Mm. Luckily, I don't know how exactly that happened. I can't exactly remember, but he was kind of like all of a sudden this politician who was making a lot of sense to me. And I'd I'd never really cared about politicians before. I never really got too much into government. All I knew coming from the Bay Area was basically that Republicans were bad and that was it, you know. So, um, yeah, I just started going down that road, making Facebook pages, uh, started seeing some success, uh, creating my own content, making memes and whatnot. And uh, by around 2013 or so, um, I had met uh, my, my now business partner, Matt Agarist, who's the co-founder of the Free Thought Project as well. And uh, we decided we were both working for uh, a website, a, a different website at the time. It wasn't quite the type of information that we wanted to focus on. Uh, it was called Grow Food, Not Lawns. It was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was, um, yeah, if you guys have been around for a while, you might remember that page because it used to reach a lot of people. But we kind of wanted to focus more on government accountability, police accountability. So, um, yeah, backing up just a little bit. In 2012, I uh, created Police the Please by myself. Um, it's a, something, it's a topic that I've been passionate about for years. I've been involved in the police accountability world for, for years now. Um, but the free thought project was going to be a little bit different. It was going to focus on more of, um, government accountability, police accountability, censorship, two-way violations, um, counterintuitive information, basically the third narrative information that you were going to get from the mainstream corporate media. So, um, yeah, that, that started off, uh, you know, a wonderful, uh, stretch for us between 2013 to about 2016. Uh, we grew like crazy. Um, we had a lot of success. I think uh, we were within the top 500 websites in the country, actually, within mm-hmm. the first year. Yeah, which was crazy. You know, we were looking at the stats, uh, Alexa.com, and, you know, right there next to like discovery.com and stuff. You know, it's like, how, how are we doing this? And at that point, we didn't really understand it as well. We just knew that um, the type of police accountability information that we were putting out there was more libertarian flavored. And I think at that time, in that moment in time, there was a huge market for that type of information because predominantly before that, the police accountability movement was more like leftist based. Um, so we were seeing a bunch of traffic. We were seeing a bunch of success. We were seeing a bunch of growth. And uh, yeah, like I said, between 2013 to 2018, I guess, ultimately, we uh, grew our Facebook page to 3.1 million fans. Uh, I grew the Police the Police Facebook page to 1.9 million fans. And uh, yeah, we, we were rolling. I mean, there were some weeks where we were reaching, um, you know, up to like 50, 60 million people. 
Uh, we were bringing in like 30, 40,000 new likes in a week. Mm. Uh, I know it sounds crazy. I have the screenshots to prove it because nowadays, you know, it's just like those numbers are unheard of because, you know, people like us, we have all of our uh, information shadow banned and throttled, you know, and even just today, uh, surprisingly, I hadn't liked your guys's Instagram account for my personal account, but I liked it. And uh, even today, you know, Instagram has that little pop-up warning saying, are mm-hmm. you sure you want to follow Truthzilla? They've been <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. posting misinformation in the past or whatever. So, you know, obviously they're doing everything they can to, to slow us down. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, October 11th, 2018 uh, was the fateful day that's been now dubbed the purge. And uh, yeah, we lost a total of uh, nearly 6 million fans altogether with all of our smaller pages. And the funny thing about that is, too, it wasn't just Facebook taking us down. It was also Twitter on the same day. And they were hours apart. So we ended up losing about 20,000 followers on Twitter as well. And uh, so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to say it's a conspiracy, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it feels like there's probably some collusion there. You know, absolutely. There must be. Mm-hmm. So, well, the uh, really encouraging thing, sorry to interrupt you, but just yeah. when I hear this and I hear about these numbers, you know, when we're being shadow banned and censored so hard so often, it's easy to forget that we're not really the minority they would have us believe that, that we are. There are so many millions of people that are thirsty for the truth and thirsty for the information and thirsty for the information on health and how to feed ourselves better. So it's it just it's. It's like you say, it's hard to say that, oh, yeah, they're just out to get us. But I think it's very clear they are very much out to get mm-hmm. us because we have sure. the healing answers. So anyways, I, I just had to say just that it's always encouraging, even though it's so discouraging when they take all of these people from us and then we can't reach them and they can't find us. But also that there's sure. that many people looking is such mm-hmm. an encouragement. But mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, we we were a, th- a thriving organization. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, we had seven employees or excuse me, we had nine employees. We had seven writers. Um, two people on the social media team, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right about that, Megan. You know, they want us to feel like we're alone. You know, they want mm-hmm. us to feel like, um, you know, they own the narrative. We're just a bunch of crazy fringe conspiracy theorists, you know, when, uh, that's proving to be not really the case, you know, but, um, according to, you know, if you go to a post on Facebook or something, you know, our, our opinions, our comments are so heavily shadow banned and censored at this point that you'd almost believe it, you know, just because you don't even see our side represented in the comment section so much anymore. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been tricky uh, ever since, you know, they took us down. Um, I had just bought a house, too. It was the first time I bought and owned a house, you know, I just found out we had a kid on the way. Um, so it was a blow because, uh, you know, we'd spent five years building these audiences. I felt like I had a little bit of financial stability finally, you know, and of course, at that time, we were seeing other accounts uh, and pages uh, taken down. It was more of a, a slower process, though. I think maybe a month or two before us, Alex Jones was taken down just for a little context, you know, mm-hmm. um, so uh, there was a couple of people before Jones, but um, after that is kind of when they kind of opened the floodgates, so mm-hmm. to speak, and started, you know, banning everybody, shadow banning everybody and came a lot more brazen about mm-hmm. it. So, um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it was one of the, the greatest bait and switches ever pulled by a company uh, drawing people in, you know, a bunch of users creating fresh content on a daily basis, uh, which I would only imagine, you know, beefed up their stats as mm-hmm. far as users coming to the platforms just to see, you know, pages, pages were a lot more prominent back then as well. Now they've kind of shifted more to groups, but uh, yeah. And so, you know, once we built up these, these pages with millions of fans, uh, even though we had, you know, 3.1 million fans, um, we were reaching the same amount of people that we had reached when we had 500,000 fans, you mm-hmm. know, because over the years, even though we were creating more content, gaining more fans, Facebook's bait and switch, you know, they, they ended up giving us less and less reach, which uh, traditionally that's not the way these things are supposed to work. You know, us as users, you know, if we're investing this time, you're thinking that, you know, you're getting more fans, you're getting more reach. But mm-hmm. unfortunately these mainstream uh, social media platforms have kind of upended that whole business model. And, and now we're just kind of stuck with what they give us and they're stuck holding the bag, you know? So yeah, it's been a, it's been a tricky uh, roller coaster ride, I guess you could say um, since then but we're still at it. You know, we're not going to stop anytime soon. Totally. I love that, man. Like the, 
it would be so easy to just say, well, I guess there's no hope, no point in keep, keeping on going. But man, you really are pushing hard, man. And, I, and you just, you just like I like I heard you say on another interview, like you know, well, now we're on uh, Free Thought Project Two and Free Thought Project Three, and you know, just just keep pushing, keep pushing, yeah. you know. And I think yeah. that's what we got to do. Oh man, don't don't even get me started on yeah. the amount of censorship we've dealt with. I mean, yeah, yeah we're on the fourth Free Thought Project Facebook page now. Um, just yesterday. Uh, my second back, my second backup account for my Instagram Free Thought Project, uh, that was just shadow banned. So now that's barely reaching anybody, and it's basically a useless account uh, until March. You mm-hmm. know, so yep. I mean, yeah, Same there's there's so much, yeah. man. I could go down the list. I mean, it, I've been banned by everybody, Reddit, Tumblr, you know, and we're we're so careful too. I know some people probably listening to this are like, well, maybe you should be posting misinformation, you know. But I mean, we're so <laughs> so particular <laughs> and so careful about what we post, you know. And mm-hmm. I always make sure I double check things before we post it, and I'm not just putting stuff out there willy nilly. And it, the way these fact checkers work, I mean, it's a, it blows my mind the way that they're able to skew Mm -hmm. perspectives and kind of push their own subjective opinions on uh, basically straw man fallacies that they end up, you know, classifying your posts as, you know? So uh, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. You know, it's, it's really come very dystopian, I guess you could say. Totally. I, I would ask too. I mean, one of the things we've seen though, is like, especially since COVID has happened, like a lot of these big platforms have gotten pulled they they're finding their workarounds and they're finding that they were so shadow banned on the on the uh, the social media they were before like like the high wire comes to mind like they they got pulled off of YouTube they went on to band video and started their own their own website and did all these things and they saw their numbers blow up right sure and a lot a lot of people I think Alex Jones kind of had the, the same oh, yeah. story right yeah. like so like when like YouTube was just shadow banning people so bad that once you got off of YouTube you didn't even you didn't even know how bad it was right so have, have you sure. guys seen some of that um yes and no uh you know there's so the smaller platforms there's been bursts of growth like after the election uh but otherwise we don't see a lot of traffic from the smaller platforms and we have like a relatively significant uh, following on, let's say like MeWe. you know, we have like 20,000, which is like a relatively big page on MeWe. Same with mines. You know, I think we have like nearly 10 K on mines and it's just like, mm, nobody, nobody pushes the traffic like Facebook at this point, you know, and that's why we have to stay on there, you know, and, and that's sure. kind of twofold as well. You know, we're, we're also trying to target more of the normie audience and kind of plant seeds to get them to start thinking about a lot of this stuff. So you're not going to necessarily do that on some of the smaller uh, alt platforms, mm-hmm. you know, because l- largely they're people who are kind of similar mindsets uh, and sometimes even echo chambers like we've seen with like Gab and, and Parler to a large extent. Yeah, totally. Um, so you you mentioned something about fact checkers there. Like you, I understand that like you've kind of gone toe to toe with them a little bit. Like kind of push back a little bit. What's been your experience dealing with these fact checkers? <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, we it, it happens so regularly that I feel like you kind of can't just roll over and take it. Like mm-hmm. you really do have to uh, try to appeal. But funny enough, and maybe your audience doesn't know this, but the way that that works with Facebook uh, is that they have you know, hired third party independent fact checkers, you know, fact, mm-hmm. fact checkers. And uh, so if you have one of your pieces of content fact checked by them, you actually have to email them, PolitiFact or mm-hmm. USA Today or whoever it is, and try to appeal with them, which seems strange to me. It seems like a, a complete conflict of interest, you know, because like, hey, like, how many of these guys are going to want to admit that they're wrong? How many of these guys have their own internal biases and agendas, you know, built in? And, and some of them probably aren't even conscious of them. It's just the way they are, you know? So to me, it seems strange that there's not some kind of, you know, third party arbiter who could be like the middleman to like look at both sides. Like, here's the fact check. Here's the claim. Here's, you know, both sides of the story. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nine times out of 10, they, they, will just dismiss our um, our appeals. Sometimes they'll be nice enough to kind of give us an explanation. And most of the time it's, you know, complete BS. Uh, but there have been a few wins, I guess you could say, you know, we've had some overturned and always feels nice when that happens. But yeah, I'd, I would definitely suggest any of your your uh, listeners, if, if they do get fact checked, um, just try to find the email address for the fact checking company and just try to appeal it because mm-hmm. there is a chance you can get it overturned. And the way that these things work right now is that the more fact checks you get on these social media platforms, the less reach you have. And eventually they will even take down your account uh, oh, if, yeah. if you have too many of them, you know. So 
you do want to try to keep your your nose clean, I guess, so to speak, when it comes to these fact checks. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, I could go into detail. I, there's there's some that are really bad, you know, uh, lead stories. I'm not sure if you guys mm-hmm. are familiar with oh, those yeah. guys, but ex uh, CNN writer, you know, <laughs> I think is the, the guy who founded it. Hmm. It's like how, <laughs> like, it, it just blows my mind because these guys. Okay, let, let's just say like some of the bigger ones, like Reuters does fact checks, PolitiFact, mm-hmm. uh, USA Today. That's just a few. But these guys are ultimately publishers, right? Like yeah. these guys are ultimately, Absolutely. we're in the same boat. Yes, we're like much smaller publisher. I'll admit it, you know, like we're a fraction of the size, but we're still in the same business, the same industry. So the fact that they have control over our success and like, you know, how how well our articles are perform on, on different social media platforms, I mean, to me, it's just mind blowing, but I think at the end of the day, it looks good for these mainstream social media platforms that they're fact checking, that they're yeah. stopping misinformation. And I think that's what it comes down to because they don't really care the consequences. They don't really care that there's a conflict of interest there. It just looks good. And when they get the thumb pushed down on them by Congress, which has already happened mm-hmm. a couple times now, and it's probably going to happen again, at least they could point to this and be like, hey, look, like we're fact checking, you know, like we're keeping misinformation off the site. But uh, th- the problem with that is um, in 2018, right after the purge, we reported. Uh, Facebook announced that it was partnering with uh, a government-funded uh, arm, which is uh, the Atlantic Council. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this. Yep, a little bit. Yep. Um, so uh, th- this arm of the Atlantic Council is known as the Digital Forensic Research Lab, and uh, they were basically brought on to help with real-time insights and updates on emerging threats and disinformation c- campaigns around the world. Wow. Just that just that language is so loaded, right? I mean, like real time emerging threats and disinformation campaigns from around the world. It just blows my mind the way that they word this stuff. I mean, it's just so, you know, propaganda esque. But uh, yeah, these guys, you know, they the, the Atlanta Council basically has their hands in everything. Um, they're uh, basically like a NATO group that whitewashes wars. Um, mm. It's funded by all the major um, arms companies. Uh, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, um, the U.S. Army, even U.S. Air Force, Big Pharma, um, the highly unethical HSBC group, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the list goes on and on. So uh, these aren't the good guys. You <laughs> no. know, I, I hate to break it to you, but, you know, these aren't the people who are, you know, on the right side of history and people who censor, you know, information rarely are. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could keep going down that rabbit hole as well and, and talk about all the various things that make f- Facebook, you know, completely complicit in, in this censorship campaign. Um, but, you know, we could leave it. We could leave it at that. Yeah, too. totally. Have you heard of the C2PA campaign? It's the uh, Microsoft, Adobe, a few other, let's see, Intel, like all, all the big tech, like kind of hardware also manufacturers are kind of teaming up to create this infrastructure to where they're like basically creating like more advanced metadata tags like on your like let's say i'm editing a video on my adobe premiere and i upload it they'll be able to trace it back to my computer just you looking at the code on the 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 computer software that actually created it like that's just insane (sighs) yeah i mean i guess that's useful for them when they put us all in the gulag you know for sharing information but uh yeah that's that's frightening man and, and now i hadn't heard of that yeah uh, it, i would love i mean if you could email me that yeah. article it's I just would a love coalition for that. content provenance and authenticity is the name of the project so there you go <laughs> yeah. right yeah there you go more orwellian <laughs> double speak yeah um and you know the thing is too is like you know i was just thinking about this as thought popped in my head earlier today like this is beyond censorship and maybe it could be useful to stop referring to it as censorship and this is like literally covering up crimes they're covering up their crimes they're covering their tracks and they're keeping us from exposing their crimes and so literally like this isn't censorship this is them covering up their crimes i don't know sure yeah 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 no they're absolutely complicit um yeah i mean i'm I'm right there with you i agree 100 percent. and uh this is fascism you know we've had we had the left uh you know for four years screeching about fascism but now it's here it's like oh like we're on the side of big pharma i mean it's just insane to me and uh Mm -hmm. obviously it's technocracy as well you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's funny you probably learned that 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 term in like high school government class or something and you're like technocracy like (laughs) when the hell is that could ever be a problem and it's like yeah here we are you know 15 years later and it is a serious problem and it uh, doesn't seem to be you know getting any better 
as time goes on. And I think the problem with that is, uh, you know, these big social media platforms, there is a lot of utility there for a lot of people. There's a lot of value. They have a great user experience for normies. So if you wanted to sell something on Facebook Marketplace, if you want to you know, do a live video, if you want to do a reel, I mean, Facebook is wonderful at expanding its services and its applications. Uh, so I get it. Like it makes sense why they stay on the game, on top of the game. You know, I mean, they really are the tip of the spear when it comes to the social media experience. But um, the, the downside or the unforeseen consequences that many of the people in the, the mainstream, you know, the mainstream normies, they just don't realize that it's, as significant as a problem as it really is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they think because everything's polarized in this day and age, they think that it's just a couple, you know, right wing extreme, you know, extremists who are being censored and therefore it's not a problem. And therefore, you know, there's no issue continuing mm -hmm. to use Facebook. Yeah. So. Yeah. The fact that they framed all of this, you know, as opposition to what they're doing as like a right wing, extreme domestic terrorist, Nazi white supremacist narrative, like it's just diabolical, which kind of actually transitions into kind of the next thing I was hoping to chat about, which is like, so you're one of the, you know, original policing the police, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's something that, uh, like this goes way back before like black lives matter before all this stuff, like before it became popular in the establishment to target and vilify, but I'm not going to say vilify, but like, this is the big question that I have. So, so your approach, you know, holding police accountable, yo, it's great, wonderful. Like I went to your website today and I saw this video of a cop, like a, this dude in a wheel, this older gentleman in a wheelchair was rolling into a Lowe's and the guy just unloaded his clip in his back from like 10 feet away, shot this yeah. guy in a wheelchair. I was just like, wow. And I think it, it was a, it was an African-American gentleman too. And I'm like, okay, why is this not like all over the news? Like what is up with that? Yeah. Because it doesn't have any political capital at this exact moment. Like they can't use it for a political advantage at this exact moment. So it's not going to be on the nightly news. Like that is just egregious, mind blowing. So these are the types of things that should be in the conversation. However, it's become so polarized to the point where like now if you criticize or attack the police like you're automatically thrown in like the antifa camp or something like that that seems right. like what, what what's yeah. developed and so what are your thoughts around that like is it this this deliberate uh othering of the two factions you know either you are absolutely 100 percent for the police back the blue or you're antifa you know it seems like that's the narrative that's been constructed whereas you're you've gone back and and you you're you're holding these police accountable for for a lot longer so what would you say is it, from a more libertarian perspective is kind of the way you describe it so how would you characterize your approach and what are your thoughts on all that <laughs> yeah um you know we we've tried to give some different solutions to the police brutality issue the police violence issue you know and uh, i think that resonates with our audience but it doesn't resonate so much with the left mm -hmm. um but on the flip side of that, you're right. You know, we have people on the right who constantly come onto our pages, um, you know, on our various social media accounts, and they call us, yeah, Antifa. They call us, you know, um, you know, all the leftists, and you know, they're scum, scumbag Democrats or whatever. It's funny to me because it's like, no, we're being actually more consistent about our our principles, you know, <laughs> with liberty than you are, but you're just too indoctrinated to realize it. But I get it. Like, I feel like there is. Um, a push from the left to dismantle uh, many institutions like law enforcement. And so they feel like law enforcement maybe is one of the last institutions that are kind of holding everything together. And so, I, you know, I try, I try not to be as polarized as maybe others. And I try to see it from both sides, you know, um, but it, it is hard. It is hard to have empathy for the right on this topic because, you know, let's face it, like the, the founding fathers even warned about these standing armies, you know, and the fact that uh, the militarization has gotten so prolific, uh, the fact that, you know, we, the American police kill over a thousand people uh, every year, you know, the fact that uh, we have the largest prison population in the world, mm -hmm. the fact that uh, there's been quite a few years now that police have actually robbed more people than, mm -hmm. than private robbers have through civil asset forfeitures. I mean, all these things should be red flags, you know, and it's like, no, we're just going to turn a blind eye and we're just going to continue to lick boots. And uh, it's just strange to me. I mean, there's no logical consistency there, you know? So um, yeah, I have a hard time with that. Uh, it's harder in, in many ways to sell uh, the ideas of decentralizing police mm -hmm. as well to the right. Uh, they, they feel like that's some type of fantasy. The left, at least, maybe some of the more like far left, like black bloc, at least they get the concept of more like localizing community type based 
protection security companies. Uh, don't say private though. Don't mm-hmm. say the word you're privatizing mm-hmm. police because then you'll you know you'll scare them off and you'll get into a three hour debate. Uh, but I, I think at least that appeals to them more that the concept of trying to localize and decentralize. Um, and not everybody on the left, of course. You know, there's still plenty of people screaming defund the police. Um, you know, there's, that's problematic as well. Although I, I get the actual like reason why that people want to defund the police. I mean, as we've seen with the military, you know, the militarization push, um, you know, if police were their own, the, if U.S. police were their own country, uh, they would be the third highest army, third highest funded army in the world. Wow. So that oh. is, you know, there's something to be said about that. I mean, that, that should be frightening. And, and these are the people who are, you know, taking your guns, like newsflash, you know, <laughs> like these will be the people who take your guns. And they already have with red flag laws and trying to enforce those. Um, so, Megan, it seems like you have something to say. I'm sorry. I know I'm talking a bunch, but. Oh, no, not all. I'm nodding and just, no, I'm taking it all in. Oh, and no, my okay. earphone, my, these are brand new earphones and they were sort of fouling up. So I apologize to distract no, you. No, I, I could talk. I could talk. So, you know, by all means, no, I'm stop taking me if it you have all in. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm I'm the queen of interrupting, so forgive me if I do do that. But no, no, not at all. Well, I I would just say, you know, uh, since I mean, I always think of it in terms of like since COVID rolled out and stuff. You know, I mean, there was a a point in time where, and maybe it's just how social media has put us into these echo chambers where, um, you know, I kind of had switched a little bit of uh my initial. I always was kind of hesitant about cops and, and the policing, but I was kind of hopeful that maybe they would be on our side on this one to, to not enforce the tyranny that was, that was uh, being thrown at us. But I mean, we've seen in our, just in our own uh, going to rallies and whatnot, mm-hmm. we've seen uh, the cops turn, turn on us. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've seen across the sure. world, we've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. So, but um, right. it is interesting, you know, it does feel like, you know, again, it's, it's that echo chamber effect. Like if you're on this side, you support the, the blue. Right. And uh, it's, it's, hard you have to kind of uh step out a couple of degrees and like really look at this stuff to not get stuck in the echo chambers Mm -hmm. sure yeah Yeah. great point and uh yeah i mean you know just four words just doing my job you know i mean Mm -hmm. that's those four words have been throughout history you know they've uh, been attributed to so many atrocities you know so um unfortunately you know when people take paychecks to enforce victimless infractions on peaceful people for corrupt politicians you know they're there's no way to really justify them as being the good guys. And uh, I get it. You know, I, I really have sympathy for people who are police and people who do support the police, because we all want to believe that police get into that job, that that line of work for the right reasons. And I'm sure there's plenty of them that do. Right. You know, I mean, let's face it. There are good people out there who happen to wear the badge. But again, if you're taking if you're accepting stolen money, to initiate violence, to enforce victimless infractions for corrupt politicians, your local city, you can't be the good guy. You know, I'm sorry. That's just, it doesn't work that way. If you're initiating violence for victimless infractions, and I think, you know, that's the point I try to hammer home with people on the right. And unfortunately they, you know, they just don't get it. They're so caught up in the drug war stuff and Mm. well, he shouldn't have had that, you know, gram of, plant matter or whatever mm-hmm. you know i mean all their justifications and the propaganda has been strong mm-hmm. for decades mm-hmm. you know and and to them that's crime mm-hmm. you know it's like well no somebody who's using heroin somebody's using meth like they are the victim like what do you mean by this you know saying it's a victimless crime is this a little bit too too outside of their intellectual prowess you know so mm-hmm. i think um yeah that's the first step is just these baby steps you know how do we like plant seeds to get people to think that you know they're there is a problem here. There is something, you know, worthwhile looking into and uh, logically, you know, we can't defend the, the police anymore. Totally. Well, Ed, like you were saying, like we're seeing just atrocities being handed out by the police in all these foreign countries, you know, that don't have a lot of the protections we do. Like a lot of these countries don't have the first amendment. They don't have the freedom of speech. You know, they don't have a lot of, uh, oh, let's see, I don't know what that is. Megan, I'm just going to mute you because there was some feedback and I think it was yours. So just unmute, just click the mute button to unmute yourself to jump back in. Okay. Um, but yeah, so a lot of these countries don't have the type of protections we do, you know, due process. I mean, sure they, they have maybe modifications, but like particularly with sure. free speech and the right to petition and the right to all this stuff. So I'm kind of curious what your experience has been with like maybe people in other countries that are doing the same like civilian auditing type of stuff. Um, like maybe particularly Australia or anything like that. Like, are there, are there, is there anybody out there that's like trying to film the police or, or has been up until now and maybe they're afraid to do it some more or what's been your experience with, uh, the same, the same thing that you're doing in other countries? 
Yeah. Um, I, I believe they do exist. I don't know if it's to the same degree as uh, the states. Um, I know that we've had some um, chapters, some different chapters of police, the police actually open. And one was in Australia, although I haven't heard from them in a long mm-hmm. time. So I hope they're not in one of the concentration camps. But um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, there are different movements. Um, you know, that's funny you bring that up because that's something I've been wanting to address for a long time. Um, as much as we want to cover all the different police brutality in different countries, like I kind of feel like we have to start here, you know, like I have to start Mm -hmm. in our own backyard and maybe if things start to get under control in this country, maybe then, yeah, we start to place more attention on, on what's going on outside of this country. And I hate to be, I hate to say that because I obviously, you know, we're all, we're all human beings here. We're all kind of facing the same amount of tyranny, regardless of where you are. If you, if you live under a gang or a government, Mm -hmm. excuse me, I repeat myself, but um, you know, it's just, uh, I feel like there is so much going on around the world that if we don't start with just what's going on in our own backyard, then it's like, you know, we could get lost in that Mm -hmm. sea. So, um, yeah, I can't say I have too much to say on that, that topic. Unfortunately, I do know that there are chapters, I think even cop lock, I think there was like a, a cop lock Europe mm-hmm. at one point. Um, but I just, it feels like it's way more fragmented. You know, I don't know if there's, sure. and if anything, there's probably more on the left. There, there mm-hmm. probably is like the Antifa black block on the left to, uh, the, the, do the, a lot of the protesting, especially in like Greece and places like that, you know, where they've had a lot of turmoil over the years with government. So, um, again, that's, you know, predominantly, I think the police accountability movement has been more leftist, uh, mm-hmm. by nature over the, geez, I don't know, past 50 years, if not longer, but, uh, it's funny to me because, you know, police accountability, it should be on the libertarian radar as well, mm-hmm. you know, for several reasons. I mean, not only are they rights violations, uh, loss of liberty, but we're talking about a monopoly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, law enforcement at yeah. the end of the day is a monopoly in this country. And that's something that libertarians, as far as the libertarians I roll with in my circle, you know, I mean, we're not into monopolies. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it should be something that raises a red flag, you know, the competition aspect um, and the fact of decentralizing, which is pretty much the solution for all major uh, problems, you know, it, it, the more that things are centrally planned, the more things are funded publicly, the more problems there's going to be, the, the less incentives there are going to be for accountability, uh, fe- effectiveness, efficiency. Um, so, I mean, to me, it, it's like a no brainer, you know, and I feel like I've been screaming from the top of the mountains for <laughs> for years like look guys like we need to decentralize we need to privatize mm-hmm. again don't use that word with them because they'll go crazy it's like a dog whistle but uh it just that's the solution it's either that or we continue to beg and grovel with elected officials to somehow upend somehow turn around this catastrophe this nightmare what we know as law enforcement in the united states you know and, and there's really no incentive to ever really change i mean there's been protests about police brutality that's gone on since the late 1800s. Mm. You know, if you think that your protests for, you know, over any type of George Floyd or any of the more recent ones are going to actually be the turning point are going to be the catalyst to real change. I mean, you're fucking delusional, mm-hmm. you know, and Especially I feel like the I've ones that the media that. pushes. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yeah, sure. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the mainstream's on your side, you know, you should probably take a step back and, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I feel like they're uh, they're pushing this narrative to defund the police so that they could bring in a different type of state control. And yeah. you're we're talking about uh, getting rid of the police and getting rid of the state also. So there you go. <laughs> so. And see, sure. I, I want to um, kind of bring up though too. Like, I think obviously, like we could sit here and all agree that like the decentralization of of police of of the government, like like we don't really need government. Uh, you know, I think that we would all agree with that. You know, and um, there's there is a lot of us, but we are a minority, right? And, and the indoctrination that, that most people have grown up with to the point that they think that they they absolutely need government, that they absolutely need police. That, um, that's not going to be turned over at least quickly, sure. right? So, so how do we get into the solution in, in the short term to like, to, to, to move out of the model? I, I know like we always talk about like in, on this, in a, in a smaller way, we're looking at trying to, to decentralize ourselves from, from any dependence on that system. Right. So, um, so maybe, you know, that could look like growing your own food. Maybe that looks like, uh, 
you know, uh, using crypto. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of, uh, you know, maybe not using Google, not supporting Amazon, you know, just like the little steps to kind of move yourself away from dependence on that system. But and and, and I always say, like, we're, we're kind of uh, creating the new world, right? Like, because mm-hmm. there's a parallel sure. society and maybe maybe that's where the decentralization comes up in that way. But how do you see that that coming about so we can make some real change with with because the reality is most people are indoctrinated to the point that they're not going to accept the the change that would be the the most benefit right and the idea of not having any type of police in society scares the shit out of 90 percent of people yeah you know and including the tough guy bootlickers you know who, who are so macho and you know they're over here you know we support police or whatever but um I hear what you're saying. And I think, again, it's just continuing to push these concepts. You know, it's logic. I mean, logic at the end of the day is our best friend, you know, and a lot of people aren't going to accept it. But then again, they're not going to be able to argue against it. And once you plant that seed, you know, it's going to continue to grow. But you make you make a good point, And I agree with you. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. Right. Um, this is going to be a multi-generational shift. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to accept that and try to be optimistic because it's not going to happen overnight. The internet has sped things up significantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, the, the internet has been a wonderful tool as far as exposing uh, what's going on, you know, and I think we've done that. And just as of the past few years, as we were talking about earlier with all the censorship, have they started to put the brakes on that? But the cat's already out of the bag. You know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the the toothpaste container, you know, or the tube toothpaste, whatever, however mm-hmm. that saying goes. But um, to answer your question, I, I feel like there are baby steps that we can be doing. And, and like I said earlier, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite here. Like reform is completely, it's not going to happen, right? Like there's no way to, com- to reform this current system. But I, I still believe in the multi-prong approach of still continuing to try to do things either locally or on a federal level. Um, so, I mean, if you're just individually trying to to create change within your community, I would say the best thing that you could do is knowing your rights, uh, teaching other people their rights, um, create some type of civilian oversight committee if you can for a local like police department, um, start a cop watch group, film police, uh, auditing as as you had mentioned. You know that's it's a huge uh, industry now. You know which these auditors are making thousands of dollars through YouTube. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the first amendment auditing community, but like a little bit, these guys are making good money. Like we, we did a podcast with uh, San Joaquin Valley transparency. He's like one of the bigger auditors. And uh, he he was saying he brought in like 30 to 40 K in one month, just for posting these, these, these auditing videos on his YouTube channel, you know? So like, that's a good thing. There's incentive there for people to go out and film cops and audit them, you know, um, and, and other ways people are making money through the police accountability movement as well through like lawsuits and stuff like that. So, um, there, there are ways to, to make change individually. Um, as far as like your community, I would say, uh, there's, there's some things you could do politically. Um, if you wanted to get in involved, uh, there, there's so much that needs to be done. I mean, we're really into the weeds here. I, we really need to end the drug war. We really need to mm-hmm. abolish, um, uh, paid leave, the mandatory, we need mandatory drug tests for police. Um, you know, if they're going to be enforcing all these, these laws on us, I mean, how many of these cops are shooting up steroids? You know, I, I think there's probably a percentage there. Um, and, uh, even just the training, you know, there needs to be better record keeping of, um, laws like blacklists for cops who violate people's rights. Uh, unfortunately right now there's such a problem, a, a huge problem with cops jumping from one, uh, station or department to the next, you know, if they end up getting fired for uh, something that they should have been arrested for. Mm. That happens all the time, by the way. And that example mm-hmm. that you talked about uh, earlier about the uh, man in the wheelchair being shot and killed, um, that that officer was actually fired. Um, I don't know if there's been any um, charges filed as of right mm. now, but even if, they, even if they were, there's only been seven cops that have been convicted of murder since 2005. Wow, that's insane. That, that that really tells you how slanted the justice system is, especially when there's a profound conflict of interest with their own state employees. You know, so I mean, again, like <laughs> this can't be reformed. Like, I'm sorry, that's not something that's just going to change by protesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it like civilians, like private citizens? It's like a 99, 94. I can't remember the exact, but it's high, mid to high 90s percent. You know, conviction rate, whereas opposed to sure. a police officer brought up, it's like a 94 percent acquittal. 
you know, or, or dismissal, right. you know, just based on that. Um, yeah, the stats are mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of funny. So this whole conversation, like in order to keep even wrap your mind around the idea of private police or anything like that, or, or different alternatives to the establishment, <laughs> you really have to go back, like you said, and really understand some of these basic concepts, like the non-aggression principles some very basic sure. concepts when it comes to like, you know, voluntary relationships with people. Like these are things that really need to be driven home first and foremost. And these are new concepts to me too. You know, I'm literally just learning about this. Like this was sure. kind of open. My eyes have been open to all of this, like through the last couple of years, you know, we started our own freedom cell last year. You know, we get really involved nice. in, um, you know, just, just, just building community here locally, you know? Um, and, and it's interesting because just recently, I think it was within the last couple of days, Elon Musk did some interview where he used the term monopoly on violence. And I know we kind of talked about the monopoly, but that's a new concept. That's a new concept right there. And we kind of touched on it, but what are your thoughts around the idea of monopoly on violence and how does that relate to law enforcement and taxation too, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just a fact, you know, mm -hmm. it, that's exactly what it is. Uh, they, they claim the right to be a monopoly on, on law enforcement. Um, they claim uh, a monopoly on violence, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no other uh, institution that can justify legally robbing people at gunpoint to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, that's exactly what it is. Of course, it's not gonna be something that happens immediately. If you don't pay your taxes, you'll get a couple letters in the mail you'll get a couple more letters in the mail, but eventually men with guns will show up at mm -hmm. your home. If you try to resist them, if you try to defend yourself because you don't want to opt into that system, they claim the legal right to initiate violence. So, I mean, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's a monopoly on violence. Uh, there's a great full length documentary that actually just came out with some of the Mises guys uh, produced by uh, Pete Canones and mm. Chris Kofer. Um, Definitely highly recommend that, that, that was, that would probably be a great, um, a great introductory. I mean, it sounds like your past introductory, but it would be a great starting point for people who aren't familiar with this concept. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, the same thing applies to law enforcement, right? Because as of right now, um, you know, law enforcement's the only entity in society that claims the legal right to initiate, uh, violence. So, uh, mm -hmm. even as something as victimless as having a joint near your pocket, they claim the right to initiate violence, to stop you, to, to arrest you, and to uh, put you in handcuffs. Again, if you resist in any way, they claim the legal right to, to kill you, and they'll get away with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's more or less, uh, yeah, the, the explanation of a monopoly on violence. And um, it, it's funny, you know, we hear so much about um, preserving, preserving the sanctity of democracy, right? We hear so much about how voting is such like a, uh, virtuous, uh, it's such a virtuous thing that we could do in society. But at the end of the day, all these things are backed up by violence, right? Because uh, all laws are enforced with violence. Um, so it's not as virtuous, it's not as moral as they want you to believe. And I think that's kind of letting the cat out of the bag. They don't want people necessarily to understand that. They just want you to keep voting, keep paying mm -hmm. taxes, and keep your mouth shut, feel like you're participating. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, the more that we decentralize, the more control we actually have over our lives. Mm -hmm. So a good example of this is um, a good friend of mine, a gentleman by the name of Dale Brown in Detroit. He owns uh, a company called the Detroit Threat Management Center. And basically what this place is, it's more or less a private security company. Of course, he won't ever admit to that. Uh, he leans a little bit left, but that's exactly what it is. And over 20 years now that he's been in business, uh, he hasn't had any of his clients injured or killed. He hasn't had any employees injured or killed, and he hasn't had any lawsuits. So he's doing this in a completely different way, protecting his community than what we see through law enforcement right now. He's doing it through a nonviolent means. Uh, of course, there's other tactics to, to keep people um, from doing you know unscrupulous, undesired things in society. And his communities that he protects, like his track records, impeccable. I'd highly recommend anybody who uh, wants to learn more about this, just go to YouTube, uh, type in Dale Brown Threat Management Center. There was a great documentary by uh, Pete Ayer of Cop Block. And uh, it, it's a little old now. I think it's from 2012, but Dale Brown's still doing his thing. Um, and he's a shining example of exactly what it could be to have decentralized, localized 
protection and security services that we, the community, actually have control over. Because right now, the problem is in the public sector, there's a supplier, there's government, and there's a consumer. So there's a middleman. And whenever there's a middleman that has perverse incentives, like government does through lobbying, we're never going to be able to beg and grovel to have them actually change laws or create laws in our favor. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it might happen if they need to get reelected, right? I mean, it's possible. (laughs) Or they'll say they will. But for the most part, we don't have any control over that. So what I propose and what voluntarists propose and anybody from the Austrian School of Economics is that the free market is the solution. You vote with your dollar. You vote with your lifestyle, right? What you're putting money into is what you want to see your community invest in. And that is the only way we're ever going to have true control over that type of apparatus. Because look, if let's say uh, this private security company, if they end up pulling over your son at, uh, you know, at midnight, they pull him over on the street, they harass him, they ask him a bunch of questions, they treat him like shit, they happen to push him around a little bit. Guess what? You and your community aren't going to continue to fund that private security company anymore. That's it. They're gone. And you got to remember that these private security companies, they're not going to be engaging in the same behaviors as police. There's not going to be incentive for revenue generation. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be incentive for them to uh, you know, stop and frisk people. There's not going to be incentive for them to have an ego the size of Texas mm-hmm. and be bully ass clowns. You know? mm-hmm. So that's what we deal with now all the time, especially if you're minority. And, and you know that there's truth there. Obviously, it happens to all races, all, all genders, all ages of people. But you know, if there's an all-Black community guess what? They get to fund their own private security company, whoever the community agrees on, whoever they voluntarily invest in. To me, it's a no brainer Mm -hmm. to the left, to everybody else. This seems controversial, right? But, you know, it's the only way that there's ever going to be any type of reduction in police violence. And of course, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a perfect system. There's always going to be bad actors, right? But at least there's a control mechanism that we, the people have to actually thwart this type of behavior instead of just saying, well, oh, maybe we could you know, create this oversight committee and maybe somewhere along the line, there'll be some type of law that they can implement. So there's no chokeholds anymore or something like that. You know, I mean, it's just marginal changes right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very small, they're very insignificant. If we want to actually have control and, and grab the institution by its balls, then we need to decentralize it. You know, absolutely. You know, if anything, this this last couple of years has taught us is that people love authority. People just love authority. They just can't wait for daddy government to tell them what to do. And and they're very much authoritarianists, I would say. It is just insane. Especially and, in Oregon. Especially here in Oregon, yes. And and you're going California, oh, wow. right? Yeah. California. So you, you know yeah. what's up. <laughs> so it's like Sure. And it's like just the, the idea but it, that is that right there is a hard principle to break free of. Just the idea of like why do we even need authority? Like, why do we even need authority? Isn't there an argument to be made? Like, it has, like, literally all it does is it just exists to justify its own existence. Like, yeah, once you sure. cut out that middleman and it's like, wait a minute, I'm a sovereign human being. I have community. I have friends and we have resources. Like, why do I need you? Or even like, can't we just like get rid of the federal government and at least keep the state ones intact for now? Like, can we just do sure. that? Can we just secede? Like, what are we doing here? Right. I'm losing right, my right. mind. <laughs> no, great point, man. Absolutely. Wonderful point. And the indoctrination runs deep in this country. You know, I mean, we were all raised by institutions who claim authority over us. Yeah. We, we were raised to believe that, you know, the black and white with shining lights, like that's something that you have to respect. You know, you have to respect your teachers. Don't get out of line now, you know, Ed, don't like speak up or don't disobey, right? Like you have to comply. You have Raise to- Raise your hand to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right, right, absolutely. So um, it, it almost makes sense, you know, th- I mean, that's the structure. And I think that's one of the reasons why public education is so damaging and has created an entire class and created an entire group of people who are yeah, dependent on the state and almost worships authority, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's scary. And, all, and in schooling and all of that, like with the kids, you know, the ones that are rewarded the most, the ones that get the special extra yeah. recess and the special time with the teacher and they get the special notes home to the parents are the ones that have complied the most. Mm. Absolutely. Comply, conform, obey. Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh my gosh. Compliance. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, I don't know. Okay. So then 
you gave us that documentary. What are some other? So I just got done reading the Conscious Resistance trilogy, Derek Bros, um, and that just opened up a whole lot of things for me. And uh, uh, let's see, Adam from Deborah gets red pilled. Are you familiar with them? Are you familiar with no? Them? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get you plugged in with them. Adam's a great friend of ours. He has this amazing show called Deborah Gets Red Pilled. Um, shout out to Adam. But he's he's I, like he texted me like cause we started talking about this stuff a little while ago on the show, and he sent me a whole list of resources, like a few books. He's like, okay, so if you're if you're going down this rabbit hole, you got to do this and this and this. And uh, so, what would you, from your experience, be a few maybe books, other documentaries that you would suggest people who are interested in the idea of uh, you know the good kind of anarchism. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I would say probably the most advantageous thing we could do is go to the Mises Institute YouTube channel and watch their boot camp. They have a series called Boot Camp, and it starts with um, human action, praxeology. It goes into money. Uh, it, it talks about pretty much all aspects of economics. And I'm a firm believer of understanding economics and of course not like the boring like drab stuff that you learned in high school you know with like calculations and numbers and shit what i'm talking about is austrian economics and when i did that i feel like i looked at the world through a different lens Mm -hmm. and uh i think that's one of the most important things we could do because the way uh we allocate our time our money our resources um all the fallacies um all the principles um Uh, Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. That's a great book Mm -hmm. also for learning economics, Uh, Economics in One Lesson. Highly recommend that. Um, If you're just starting to kind of learn about a lot of this stuff, uh, Anatomy of the State by Mm -hmm. Murray Rothbard, that's definitely a good one. If you're trying to get more into the police accountability side of things, uh, Rise of the Warrior Cop by Radley uh, Balco. Um, that's a, another solid book. Um, Bradley, uh, over the past year or two has kind of leaned a little bit more left and kind of gone bored with some of the COVID stuff, but he's still probably one of the most prolific, uh, police accountability journalists in the country. Uh, he currently writes for Washington post. Mm. Um, geez, mm. oh, God, what, how many others? I mean, there's, <laughs> let me see here. Uh, uh, chasing the scream, um, which is, uh, by Joanne Hari. Uh, that's an amazing book by uh, about the drug war and all the consequences that have been mm. uh, involved with the drug war. And man, that that's one thing that really should be on the top of the list for libertarians and anarchists to try to work on completely destroying because that I mean that the drug war has created so much disharmony and havoc in our society and it's ruined so many people's lives i mean it it seems like it's almost cliche saying that at this point because we all know that but i mean it really should be our number one target um and uh yeah i feel like (laughs) we don't talk about that enough um but uh yeah i mean i could i could probably keep going here i just have to brainstorm um, well, I'm going to throw uh, one in that, uh, that that we've had on yes. our, our show is uh, Etienne Le De La Boise, De La Boise Square, uh, Square ah, yes. uh, or Howard Lichtman, but Howard. Uh, he's got Howard, he's got yeah. uh, depends on what project you're working on. So shout yeah, out to so Howard. Like shout, shout out to Howard. Thick but, red uh, line if it's thick red line yeah. or if it's his uh, yeah. government government yeah, scam sure. book, the biggest yeah. scam yeah. in Which history. I hear yeah, that I, book is is fantastic. I hear he's got fifth edition coming out. Oh yeah, I heard that too. Certainly, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned Derek Rose earlier and. Um, in 2019, me and Derek Bros uh, put on a little uh, meeting of the minds mm. type of um, event, like a summit for different media, um, journalists, influencers, organizations. And we were basically just trying to all get on the same page. Um, we had it out in Houston. It was probably about 50 or 60 of us. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, I don't know how much headway we made, but at least we, um, you know, met each other, did a lot of networking. And that's actually when I met Howard. And uh, yeah, yeah, Howard's a good guy. I I certainly recommend uh, the Thick Red Line. Um, Definitely check that out. Uh, Trying to bridge the the gap between law enforcement Mm -hmm. and trying to make them aware of some of these constitutional Mm -hmm. violations that they participate in, like uh, red flag laws and uh, I think the the more recent push was trying to make them more aware of the the COVID laws mm-hmm. that they're enforcing as being unconstitutional as well. So that's definitely a, a great resource there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many people doing great work in, in this in this community, including you guys. You know, you guys have been having some amazing guests. I don't know how you guys landed some of the guests that you have. Uh, great <laughs> work Jason. with that. You know, and yeah, keep it up, man. That's I mean, that's why I reached out to you guys. Is like, look, like these guys are 
obviously like bringing on some great guests and I rarely reach out to people. Uh, in fact, I'm not even huge on doing interviews, but I, I definitely want to talk to you guys. You that's know? amazing, man. That means so much. Yeah, thank like, you wow, so that's much. amazing. You know, I don't know if you know about this. We just got a channel on a uh, band video too. On the nice. Wars platforms. And we're like, this nice. will go, this will go out. This will go out. So sure. stoked about that. Grateful, super grateful. So Ben Swan just started uh, yeah. sovereign media as well. Yes, yes, yes. Sovereign media. That. Yeah. <clears throat> that, yeah, that'd dude, be another one to check out. He's killing it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Sweet. Well, Jason, man, truly an honor to have you on. Like, this Definitely. is just, this is awesome. Like, I, uh, I really, like, we'll, we'll check back in down the road. And, but I really want you to make sure you let our listeners know how they can come support you. We'll put all the links below, but just, uh, really just like, um, I feel like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. So, how can we support 100%. Free Thought Project and Policing the Police? Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, man. Um, you could follow my personal Twitter. Yes, I'm still on all of these uh, these shitty platforms. You know, even <laughs> though I am a, a meme war veteran oh, now, I need that hat. Yes, <laughs> is that fantastic. is that a free thought project hat? I wish I could say it is, but it's not. Liberty Maniacs. Go Liberty to LibertyManiacs.com. Okay. And you know, it's funny. Whenever I'm out and about, people will be like, "Thank you for your service." And- <laughs> It just depends on what mood I'm in, you know, like sometimes I just don't want to deal with it. But I think so many people just they're like, man, there's so many wars going on. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a meme war going on. Like, thank yeah. you for your service. Yeah. You know? oh. See, I wish we could just go back to the days of just like talking about how much we hate war. Oh, that'd be so right. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's long. The good, old days, the good old days. We're desensitized. We might to that get now. some more of that soon. <laughs> we might get some more of that soon. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, follow me personally on MeWe, uh, Float um sovereign minds uh, of course the dreaded facebook um check out our website thefreethoughtproject.com um from there there's a, a tab at the top for our newsletter there's a tab at the top for our podcasts we only do our podcasts maybe like once a month but like you guys you know we try to like pick the heavy hitters and have some good guests on there um and basically the free thought project is on every social media platform under the sun. I think I post on like 16 different social media platforms every day. Wow. So um, if you, there's a good chance that, you know, if you just go to the search bar and type in our name uh, for that and police the police, you'll come up with something. Uh, also consider uh, donating or mm-hmm. subscribing. Um, we're, we had to let go of all of our writers mm. after the purge. We had to let go of our entire team. So we're basically bare bones now. It's just me. And the co-founder, and we're basically doing everything. We have one guy, uh, Don Vi Jr., who helps us occasionally, but otherwise it's just us. And look, like we have the experience, we have the motivation, we've proven ourselves over the years. Mm-hmm. All we need is support from our listeners, our audience, and maybe we get back on our feet. Maybe we could start making videos again on the regular. Maybe we could start putting out six articles a day like we did before. We just need help, you know, and I stress this because, uh, you know, we, we need more support from the Liberty community as does do everybody. You know, I think people in Liberty community sometimes could be penny pinchers, you know, and they don't necessarily want to invest in our community because, uh, there's so many people doing it. And I get that, you know, that the field is saturated, but, um, we do need support. We very much need support. And, uh, so appreciate that, but, uh, otherwise, yeah, just share, like, you know, subscribe all of our, of our content and, uh, yeah, appreciate, appreciate all the help. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to mute again here. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, we're good. So, uh, call to action, true cell mind militia, uh, the freethoughtproject.com. So you got to have the, the, in there in the beginning, but, um, yeah, you guys please like do what you can to support, you know, value for value, you know, and it's, it's just great stuff, man. Jason, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. We're gonna have to do this again. Absolutely. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Have a good night. Have a great night. Have a good night. Thanks for coming. Damn dude. That was fantastic, man. I mean, yeah, it brought back a lot of those Howard Lichtman vibes Mm -hmm, to me. mm -hmm. Like, and just, uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, it does, you do get stuck in echo chambers. I think knowing that you get stuck in echo chambers allows you to kind of look down on it. But like, I do, I do like, especially since all this shit's gone down, it's like, well, the cops are on our side, right? Well, no, no, they've kind of not been on our side the whole time, and they're not really on our side now. Yeah, and particularly now, all the ones that you know really stood up to these mandates and maybe would have traditionally been on our side are now gone, and so now we're left with, and they're probably you know yeah. bringing in a new class of like social justice warriors. Yeah, totally. you know they're gonna be they're gonna be their priority is gonna be like you know uh, the climate agenda, right? They're gonna be like. <laughs> Like, sir, have you spent your mandatory three hours in the metaverse today? Hmm? <laughs> oh man, God! Oh, it's gross. Oh Jesus! So you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what to expect. 
I don't know what's going ha- what's going to happen, but you know, like he said, when when the and I you know I say this all the time too, like when when the boot comes down, it's going to be the police are going to be doing it, dude. It's the police and the military. Yeah, that sucks, man. But maybe maybe that's the psyop too. I mean, I don't know. It's just psyops on top of psyops. I don't know. All we have to do is withdraw and go grow yes. sprouts in the greenhouse and go grow potatoes in the dirt, and it's not gonna they're not gonna bother us. Exactly. That's it. So decentralize, build community. That's and, it. and when we have a big enough community, we'll hire a private, yeah, uh, private security, private security. Yes. yes. Right. Yes, exactly. I like it. Exactly. Yes. hundred yes. percent. Right. I think we know a couple of folks, so that would be good. I do. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. Everybody, I guess are we wrapping up? That's it. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. That was Jason Bassler. Everybody, please go find and support him. Check uh, for him in all of the show notes. Thank you so much for your ongoing encouragement and support. You guys are really, really wonderful to us. It's really amazing to be on this journey. And the more truth we find, the more excited we are. Everybody be well. And until next time, I'm Megan with Scott and Ed. And we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Oh, and thank you, Pedro, for this amazing oh, yeah. shirt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, we have I, to do. I, we have. We gotta do a whole separate thing to show the Pedro stuff. Like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll we'll do. Oh yeah. She's got it too. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll do a whole. We're gonna do a whole feature. A whole feature. But, but still, yes. Pedro, you're the man. You're the Pedro, man. I did, Pedro yes, is the you man. You are the man. Yes. yes, Pedro, you're the man. So we'll 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 get you here soon, buddy. We're gonna do a whole feature. So, anyway, right. guys. All right. Peace.